Hi, my name is Lorraine W. I am a compulsive overeater from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and I'm grateful to be able tonight to do this service. I'm just going to ask you all if you would pray with me as I recite the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of God that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them would bear witness to those I would help of your power, of your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. And um, I've been at, one of the things that we I've, I've noticed people do is to share their experience, strength and hope. What, what, what it was like, what happened, and what it was like, and what it's like now. Um, let me give you some statistics. Uh, I currently have been abstinent, been my longest abstinence. I've been actually six months last Sunday abstinent. Um, I'm no longer housebound. Um, and um, I'm able to go outside and actually walk my steps. But I'll tell you what it was like. Um, been in and out of the rooms for over 40 years. I came first came to OA in 1980. But prior to that, I had 10 years of 12-step talk in and around my home. Um, I was born to a couple, young couple, 20, and they had me at 20 and 21. Uh, there was drinking and eating. Uh, so what I was told, my first actual statement was, taste because I saw some saw my father eating something and I said the word taste and um, that's what I've been told that's those were my first words uh, basically my childhood was pretty happy up until we moved to this fixer-upper of a house and um, I remember I re- one of the things that is a, a big um, line in my life is fear and I learned fear because we had a house that was old and creaky, and we had a coal furnace. And if you, those of you who know about coal furnaces, they're not the greatest looking things. I wanted a gas furnace like, you know, my other friends had, but we had a coal furnace where we had to go in the room and shovel the coal and everything. So I learned to be afraid of the dark. I learned to be afraid of the fire. I learned to be afraid of that big monstrosity called the coal furnace. And... Um, now, so we moved to a new neighborhood, and um, as we moved to a new neighborhood, I also um, became a sister. I'm, the, I'm one of two siblings. I have a younger sister, and um, the fixer-upper of a house was in the middle. We actually were lived in the middle of a neighborhood where we were the only people of color. So it was very strange because there was a lot of people I didn't know, uh, I made friends with a couple people who lived next door. I also, um, when I was afraid, I would eat. I would eat whatever was baked. Eat. I'd sneak eat. I even stole stuff at the store when I'd go grocery shopping with my mother. She'd find me in, a, in the bakery aisle opening packages, one particular thing that I always would open up or try to find a bag of them open. I was always putting something in my mouth. Even cigarettes, and that's another story. But I could even anything that could go in my mouth, you just 
make me feel better, make me feel at ease, make me just, you know, just keep that hum, keep that hum going. I even hummed when I ate. And that's something that used to uh, particularly disturb my parents and the rest of my family. Be singing at the table. I would just be humming and eating. Um, but, uh, and uh, I had a maternal side that ate, I, in my opinion, was compulsive overeating. That's the, that's the drug of choice I picked up. On my father's side, the drug of choice was, the liquid, was liquid sugar. Uh, things got bad in my house at one point where my parents were, well, my mother was considering divorce because of my dad's alcoholism. And uh, she had threatened divorce. She also threatened to go to another religion, which I did not want her to go to. Um, and therefore, my dad found oh, something to help him. And he went and he got dried out at a at a hospital. I remember going up there visiting him at this hospital. And then these guys started showing up at our house to take him to, quote, these things called meetings. And my dad would bring all kind of books and pamphlets home from these meetings. And I like to read, but I, the pamphlets, some of them were just, they had so many words, some words I didn't understand, but he brought home this one big blue book. And there were some stories in the back that I would read. Very interesting, but they didn't apply to me, but I just knew about these meetings that my dad would go to every night. All these, these guys would show up and take him to meetings. A lot of changes happened in 1970. That's not only that they, you know, that came, but also more fear came because I went to a new school. Um, we all went to, it was a newfangled idea where we all went to school under one roof, kindergarten through 12. And I had to interact with people I couldn't stand. There were people from my church I couldn't stand. I just did, you know, I thought we were supposed to all love each other. I thought there were just some people that were just downright mean at my church. They were just downright mean and kids who were mean. And in school, you found out there's really mean kids. And, um, also, my body was changing. I hated that for fear that people would make fun of me because I was the first to get everything in my class. I was first to get, you name it, I was the first to get it. And to be found out, oh, my gosh, I didn't want to be laughed at. I just didn't want to be laughed at. Um, I also had a habit of sucking my thumb, and I was scared to death that somebody was going to find out that Lorraine sucked her thumb. Oh, my gosh. But I wasn't afraid about people finding out that I ate. You know, I just thought it was normal that everybody would come home and have a dish of this when they're watching their cartoons, you know, after, uh, coming home from school or having a dish of it at night. I thought that was normal. What other normal kids did was go outside, play, and do exercise and things like that. I hated the exercise. The only exercise I liked was swimming. And, of course, because of my changes in my body, I could swim as, except for one week out of the month, and I hated that. Um but I kept eating. By the time I was in fifth grade, I had weighed 150 pounds. I was one of the biggest girls in my class. And every year I gained pounds. By the time I got to high school, I was uh, ninth grade, I was about 180. And, um, but my curves were kicking in. And uh, boys noticed that. Uh, make a long story short, boys noticed. I thought this one boy liked me and found out it wasn't that he liked me. 
actually they had he had set it up that I'd be gang raped and I was raped at the age of fourteen. Um, I didn't I never cried about it and I never told my parents about it. I really didn't talk to anybody about it. I went to school and um I was afraid I'd lose friends. At that point in time I was going to I did consider uh, committing suicide by taking a handful of uh pills. Um but um what I did was I stayed in the house more and I ate more. And the weight went up and up and up and up. To the point where when I got uh when I graduated from school I weighed about two hundred pounds. Uh I was smart but um I really didn't I didn't apply I didn't uh how do I wanna say, I was so afraid of picking a major that I wanted to do. I wanted to pick something that everybody liked. So I wanted to be a pediatrician. I didn't have no clue what it was to be a pre- pediatrician nor the work it took. So I go off to college and I wanted to go far enough and I went far away and uh, I was still eating. And then up there, I matter of fact, I had eaten so well. I was eating so well because I'm eating like football players. Uh, and I ate with the football players, but the football players were exercising. I wasn't. And I was packing on a pound by the time I came home that summer. I was about 225. And my mother took my two... My mother took me to my first OA meeting. I had went to some way and pays in the past, but this one was the attraction of, of OA at the time was we don't have to pay for it. That's how it was put to me. You don't have to pay, just buy literature. And I was okay with that. And in there, I heard about people who had lost 100 pounds. I was 19. And I'm thinking all I had to do was lose weight. My life had changed. So Every summer I would come home and I would go to OA meetings. I didn't go to OA meetings while I was in class or in while I was away at school. But once I graduated, I weighed 250 pounds and I boomeranged back home. I did not take my degree and go somewhere and do amazing things. I came back home and lived at home with my parents. And I took some, some menial jobs, even though I had a degree. Um, I was afraid, afraid to go out, afraid to be seen, just afraid. And um, one night on New Year's Eve, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I got on my knees at church because we had we would have what's called a watch night service. And I got on my knees around midnight because we all customarily that's what we did at my church. And I got on my knees and said, God, if you show me what to do, I'll do it. Just give me the power to do it. Show me what to do and I'll do it. And that very next day, that next New Year's Day, I think it was 1985, my mother said, why don't we go back to OA? And I remember walking away saying, Mom, that does not work. And I walked into my bedroom, and it was like a bolt hit me where a voice said, I have saved thousands of alcoholics. I can do this for you too. And I knew that was God speaking and so the next day we went to an OA meeting. And I got a sponsor and I worked my steps with her and I followed the tool, used my tools. And within nine months, I went from 250 pounds to 150 pounds. I was 25 at the time. I hadn't weighed 150 pounds since I was 10. And with that came attraction from men, which I wasn't used to either. And, um, also, something else I had heard in the meetings uh, from uh, from someone says, uh, 
they knew they were an addict because if it felt good, they got addicted to it. So I switched addictions. I wasn't doing the food anymore, but I was trying to date anybody who was interested in me. And within a year, I, um, no, not within a year, within a couple of years, the time I was 27, I had dated quite a few men, and there was one in particular I stuck with, and uh, we became pregnant, or I became pregnant, and um, he left, I cried, but I still went to meetings, and um, then I moved away, moved away, I moved south to be with this other guy, and that didn't work out, and um, I stopped going to meetings because I decided to marry my child's father. And during that entire marriage, I didn't go to any meetings at all. But I had literature. And one piece of literature, the hardback big book, uh, was a big, it was thick and it was hard because it actually replaced one of the wheels of the crib that I had for my daughter. Um, However, the marriage got so bad that finally we didn't have to use the crib anymore. And I started reading that big book. And I started reading other literature I had. And I remember sitting down at uh, in my um, den, and I was sitting there reading and crying, saying, "A bad day in OA got to be got, has to be better than this." And um, the marriage got the marriage deteriorated quickly. We weren't even married ten years, but it got to the point where my ex said to me, or my husband at the time said to me, "In order to survive, I cannot live with you." And I believe that's God was God telling me it's you need to go. It's time. It's over. You can, you can leave now. So I left. Left with my three kids, and I moved back to uh, Western PA. Um, I asked permission to move back into my parents' home, and I also started going back to OA meetings. Only I went to a more structured meeting called OA How, uh, and um, followed what they said, and. Um, time that was 90 January of 96 and in less than a year I went from 300 pounds because I had gained quite a bit of weight and I went from 150 when I got married to 300 pounds so I doubled my weight but in 96 I went from 150 or 300 to um, 200 and uh, worked the program I did service I was speaking I had went to conferences. I had worked on the intergroup level. I had went to the convention in New York City. There was a lot of fun, a lot of fun in OA. Oh, my God. But I made the mistake of not seeking wise, or seeking advice and wisdom from my sponsor when it came to relationships with my ex-husband. And um, I got a general reminder. I got humiliated and um, went into a free fall. A free fall in 2000, I went into a free fall relapse. I wasn't working program. I would come to a couple of meetings, not a lot. Um, some, meet, some months I didn't go to meetings at all. Uh, but in 2007, I was told about phone meetings, and I started to go to phone and Internet meetings. And they were very helpful because at least I was staying close to the solution. I wasn't in the solution. I was close to the solution. Um, But my weight, it soared. And it got to the point where I was on disability. I couldn't work anymore. Um, The weight kept getting greater and greater. 
I had went from 300. In 2011, I had hit 400 pounds. Um, and by the time I got to 2000 and uh, 2020, I was steadily at four, 450, and I was approaching 500 pounds. Um, by that time, I also became housebound. I really wasn't going out very much. COVID happened, and that was just an excuse to eat. Um, I was still going to meetings, but I wasn't working program. I was going to meetings. Um, about a month, about six months ago, it got to the point where I was very much housebound. I was, I knew I, that I had cellulitis. I had all kind of things that go along with super morbid obesity. And um, June, I collapsed onto the floor. I couldn't even get to the doctors because the wheelchair I was using was too big to put onto a transport van. So I wasn't even able to see the doctor. But this time I collapsed and they had to get me out of the house. It took 15 firefighters to get me out of the house. And uh, I ended up in the emergency room and they weighed me and I had reached 577 pounds. That's what they told me. And I knew then, I said, God, show me what to do. Knowledge of your will and give me the power to carry that out. I knew it was, I knew the answer was, was OA. I knew it. I knew I had to work all of my tools, not just some, all of them. I knew I had to work the steps because I had gotten to step one. Life was unmanageable. 577 pounds, that's an unmanageable life for me. That's what I consider an unmanageable life. I had to come too. When I woke up the next day and I wasn't dead, then I knew I came to, that I came to. I knew that the next step was I had to come to believe that God wanted me to live and I would follow what he told me to do. That means follow directions from people, medical people, professionals, but not only that, get a sponsor and follow directions. And I got a sponsor and I followed directions while I was in the hospital. And I went to meetings, I did service, I started giving um, um, monetary service by, you know, the seventh tradition. I hadn't done that in a long time, but that's important so to me so that this message can go, so that material can be printed. Because if it weren't for that big book in my house back when I was, you know, in that marriage, I don't know if I'd have went back to OA, but I'm thankful for the literature. I'm thankful for everything this program has given me. I'm thankful that I kept coming back. I could have said, oh, I don't want to come back. I almost got to that point I didn't want to come back, but I'll tell anybody, keep coming back until the miracle happens. Um, while I was in the hospital and came home, I, weighed, I got weighed with a, uh, my sister's a nurse, and I needed to get a weight. And I had my last weight um, three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, a month ago, was 370 pounds. I couldn't believe the scale. I said, that can't be right. But it was. And I'm so grateful. My daughter come home. She says, your clothes are falling off you, Mom. But not only that, I have a willingness to live. I don't want to die. Because I wanted to die in, in June. I really did. But God said, no. I got another miracle to work for you. And he woke me up that next morning. And here I am. I'll tell anyone, don't leave, do not leave until the miracle happens because it happened for me and it continues to happen because night.
I'm so grateful for everybody who does service for this this particular meeting. This is my home group because I need to hear the stories that I've heard in here because the power that I serve is no respecter of persons. If he's done it for you, if he's done it for me, he will do it for you too. I'm going to finish right now. I want to wish everybody a happy and prosperous 2024. My name is Lorraine. I'm a compulsive overeater from outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to leave my number once we end the recording. And I thank you for allowing me to do this service.